This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. This afternoon, I get to speak with one of my favorite voice actresses who's always been kind to me on the red carpets. Her voice is bigger than her physicality, although you'll never know it at five feet, one inches tall. She's an extraordinary actress, a mother, a million other things that we can list, but we only got 10 minutes to do it. Julie Nathanson, how are you today? <laughs> wow, that is a fantastic intro, and I'm fine. How are you? I cannot complain. I get to talk to you, so obviously I can't complain. Aw, that's awfully sweet. This is going well so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, Long Halloween comes out on, on June 20th. Uh, digital, Blu-ray, 4K, you know, smoke signal, whatever other way we can get it just to just to watch it and listen to you. You're playing Gilda Dent. Uh, Gilda's character development, not only from the, from the graphic novel and the comic itself, but to the transition that Tim Sheridan ha- had written for her, is a very intense character going through quite a bit in dealing with Harvey. Yep. Yeah, a really different character for me to play. And, you know, voice actors should probably come up with another word for it's an honor to play because the word honor feels like it gets overused. All I can tell you is that being trusted with this character meant a lot to me. Um, Gilda is very layered and, and quite emotional, but not... Overly so, not in an overstated way, not in a stereotypical way. Um, she has a lot of depth to her, and certainly the way she is, um, you know, created in the original uh, in the original story, and um, and now what Tim Sheridan has done to help uh, the, those nuances, those, those small moments to to create just enough for her to to be depicted in in this movie um, is just. Tremendous, and and I'm really I'm amazed by how this all came came together, and and the passion and the heart and the artistry behind it has been um, really something special. Her suffering is almost New England wash fist old money. You know, uh, those people from New England that come from old money that like you know Mayflower descendants that just couldn't show their emotions even through their suffering, and Gilda in part one at least, seems like she's holding back, but you can tell she's going through a lot. And there's hints of things that happen to her as well as Harvey that we'll find out in part two. But it it seems that deep, dark, emotional thing of wanting to release but still suppressing it. Was that something that you felt in Tim's uh, in writing or was that just what I sensed from your delivery? Hmm. That's a that's a really interesting take on the duality that I definitely feel in Gilda. That's you know certainly reflected, and you know we have Batman and Bruce, and we have other characters with some duality. I think Harvey would would raise his hand there as well. Um, but but that's an interesting way of looking at it. That that sort of holding forth and yet wanting to release the feeling. Um, for me, the way I've phrased it is actually her desire to connect with Harvey because she, she loves him and wants to connect with him and her guardedness, um, you know, as, as we, we learn and as it's pretty clear from the beginning, um, that she's holding on to quite a bit of pain. Um, so, so to me, I was a little bit more focused on that, that 
dichotomy and, and, and those opposing forces of wanting to connect and also wanting to guard oneself um, to, to hide from pain or to shield from conflict. Um, and being able to do that in a, in a quieter way also meant that it had to be done with great subtlety, which I think is truly what Tim Sheridan did so beautifully in in creating her dialogue here, um, what he did on the page and, and what he allowed me to do with this character, um, let her be more real, at least for me, and I, I hope for the audience as well. It was very real. I The way it played out in watching part one, it almost didn't feel like animation. It almost felt live action. Thank you for saying that. Honestly, that's how I feel about it. I have chills. I wish you could see me. That's how I feel about it, and it's how I felt performing it, um, which, again, is part and parcel to the magic of doing voiceover because I have to make it real for me, even though I'm in this padded room by myself and there's, there are no other characters to play off of, no costumes, no sounds, no foley, no music, <laughs> right? And it's just me in my head. But it felt real to me. And then watching it, you know, the, I mean, everything, the animation, the lighting, the sound design, it feels so real. And um, I'm, I really am glad to hear you say that because that's been my experience and I, my hope for people watching it is that, is that it's that impactful. It was that, and it was that intense and realistic in the delivery of every voice actor's performance in this. It didn't feel like over oh. the top. It didn't feel cartoonish it felt legitimate like this could actually be a real world scenario wow that is i mean listen i'm 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 not one of the members of that that team creating this but i can tell you that that's certainly what i would hope to hear someone say so that that really it means a ton and i'm thrilled to hear that that's what comes across um it's it is. It does feel special. I've been. I've been looking forward to to the world being able to experience this movie for a long time. Um, and you know, I think about. I've been sitting on you know the secret um, that that I'm in this film. You know, it was about two years to have to keep the secret. Yeah. And we all keep joking about like, what was that like for Jensen Ackles to say like us? Oh, I'm Batman, but I can't tell you. I'm Batman, but I totally can't tell you. <laughs> well, the thing with all this is, is now, you recorded this uh, before the world fell apart or while the world was falling apart? Before the, the world fell apart. Uh, it was uh, in an intact world, um, in, a, in a, an outside recording studio, although my um, my ADR, which is, which is when we do our uh, voice recordings after the animation has come back, um, that I did uh, actually from my home studio. That part was done uh, during the from the part world. <laughs> so that's where the extra frustration comes in. Your teenage son is running around clanking throughout the house trying to figure out what he wants to eat so there's nothing there, and now you're getting frustrated with him, and you take it out on the mic. It makes perfect sense. Wait, that's, that's not... I'm totally... Teasing. I mean, no, you know, listen, having, having a home studio to begin with um, was a really uh, very important piece of the puzzle, and, you know, knowing that we were going to be potentially in lockdown for a long time and needing to be broadcast quality, I certainly improved uh, my booth. But yes, there are certainly times when I will have to um, send a text to my husband saying, please quiet the child 
in the middle of a session <laughs> if I can hear him sort of yelling at his Roblox game or clomping. Um, you know, usually he doesn't practice drums while I have a booking, so we're okay. But, um, yeah, he's, he's respectful of the whole system. He gets it. I'm still surprised that my neighbors aren't asking me if I'm okay. I mean, I do battle chatter from inside my studio. I've had to be ferocious creatures. I've done some pretty serious, violent things as a voice actor, and my neighbors are like, how you doing? Got any sugar? I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, I presume you warned them either when you moved in first or they moved in before you and you're like, hi, I'm new to the neighborhood. By the way, if you hear a bunch of strange noises coming from my house, this is what I do for a living. You know, you'd think that I would have done that. And yet, no. Nope. Nope. Never did. See, that makes it extra scary because something really violent could end up happening to somebody at some point. They're like, eh, whatever. And then just keep going on along their day. Now we're going to get into a whole sociological conversation about when we stand up for people. Look, my hope, my best hope, is that the sound truthing of my studio is actually good enough yes. that they're not hearing it. So, you know, let's, let's give the neighbors the benefit of the doubt. They're not really hearing me. Right. I hope. <laughs> I hope. They would have complained by now. Right. <laughs> you know, but- but the depths of several of the characters that you've played, even, whether it's a Lego character or whether we're here in Long Halloween, part one out June 20th, uh, Blu-ray, DVD, 4K, digital, every other platform possible, you know, you're still bringing not only a part of yourself to the character, but whether it's a, a, you know, a levity for a lighter character or depth to this heavier character, you're still putting your yourself into it. And that's what makes it real. Thank you for saying that. That is how I look at it. I mean, that's, you know, it's my job to be able to make each of these characters real, no matter how broad, cartoony, um, you know, comedic, uh, villainous um, they may be, or creature. Um, It's to find a way to connect and make it real for me and hopefully make it real for either the viewers or the players. And um, and if that comes across, especially with a character as, as nuanced and emotional as Gilda, then then I can feel I can feel good about helping to um, to bring the story to life. And it's not as abusive as live action because you get to be a little more comfortable in the studio rather than hair and makeup for fifteen hours. That is true, but I am the person who <clears throat> had been doing a combat, I think it was an audition in my home studio, and because I physicalize everything, I actually knocked out my microphone. So I punched my microphone trying to do combat efforts. Um, you're not supposed to actually make contact with the microphone, but I did that, and then my microphone kind of fell over, and uh, yeah. Well, on the bright side, you get a brand Please new don't microphone, buy so home. it's a business expense. <laughs> I think it, it it was it was salvaged. It was just frankly mortifying, is what it was. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're you're still enjoying everything that you're doing, uh, even though you guys decided to buy your son a drum set. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I always prefer letting him get messy instead of worrying about keeping clothes clean. So that's kind of my parenting style, anyway. So if he wants to express himself on the drums, I'm all for it. I'd always rather, you know, foster creativity and and uh, 
and authenticity. Right. And it's also a sneaky way to keep an eye on them because band practice is always at the drummer's house. <laughs> Ooh, that's so much more sneaky and strategic than I planned. And now I'm excited. Julie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Batman Long Halloween Part 1 is coming out. What would you tell people uh, they need to watch it on June 20th? And where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? June 22nd. June 22nd. June 22nd. June 22nd. Um, you can experience Batman the Long Halloween. And uh, and uh, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Julie underscore Nathanson. And uh, um, I try to be pretty active on both. So visit me there, and, and I hope everyone enjoys the long Halloween. I know I did, and I do, and I just can't wait for people to experience this story. I love it. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Talk to you later.